This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read the book this week. And this week I couldn't do anything. Uh, this week we're, do we're doing Aladdin uh, and the Magical Lamp, uh, one of the books from Thousand and One Nights or the Arabian Nights. Let's talk about it. it. It has so many different iterations. Uh, so however, however you know it, we're doing Aladdin. Let's get into it. Here we go. First of all, tell me why you couldn't do anything. Yeah, this was astounding. So, because normally what we watch... do, normally yeah, normally what we do is I read the book. Evan has some other connection. Watching yeah, the I go and do some other like some like some 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 side reading, some extended research under like a totally different point of view of it. You know, something like that. So I'm gonna. I was trying to watch the cartoon, the the Dis the magical Disney film, uh, and me and my girlfriend became so frustrated when we spent an hour just trying to get a copy of this thing it's not available anywhere and i mean anywhere we looked through all of the streaming services we looked everywhere in public like we tried to go to target like we were looking at walmart and like we could not get a copy of this thing physical or digital no matter what we did however find the ripoff <laughs> the, <laughs> the ripoff animation that was available uh on microsoft stores so if you want to watch the ripoff the ripoff aladdin that's available to stream but not the original so yeah we, we spent an hour uh just trying to f get a copy of this thing and it was absolutely unreachable just unreachable in every facet it was a complete <laughs> but you a total it loss it was this. a total loss yeah <laughs> but you remember enough and hopefully yeah, everybody yeah. remembers certainly remember uh, enough here and there um we did some some refreshing so yeah but yeah that and the was new movie this is also why we're doing this because the new movie <laughs> is out today the new movie yeah it just came out what was it two weeks ago a week ago no it'll be today today <laughs> look at me now. God. Um, <laughs> so here we are. Our tricks revealed. We record these in the past. Um, the So the Thousand and One Nights, also called the Arabian Nights, very old, old, old book. It's an anthology, you could say, of a series of different stories collected over many, many centuries from Arabic, Persian, Indian, Greek, Turkish, Jewish stories. Mm -hmm. The first mm -hmm. instance that we can find where somebody has collected and corroborated these different things comes from a ninth century Persian book called The Thousand Stories, which then got changed to The Thousand Nights and then The Thousand and One Nights. Um, <laughs> the Arabian Nights. Yeah, or The Arabian the Nights. The Thousand and One Arabian Nights. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a compilation. The thousand Arabian Nights. <laughs> <laughs> the Nights of Arabia, which are a thousand and one. <laughs> the, so the, the framing story for this thing, this is where this first ninth century part comes, is there's a ruler in Arabia, and his wife cheats on him. Also, I should mention, firstly, it's violently racist and, you know, <laughs> stereotypical. Just like, it's written in the ninth century. There's slaves and concubines and the dislike. Think about it as a portal to back to that time. This is where people's minds were at. Yeah, it's interesting. A dislike of other races <laughs> and customs that I don't understand yeah. and all of that stuff. Pretty, but anyways, dense, pretty dense stuff, huh? Right. So... <laughs> Keeping all that in mind, his wife cheats on him, which he has, you know, concubine. Like, who knows? There's no, there's no justice there. There's no rules. There's a wild, so wild. <laughs> he's pissed. Yeah, he's pissed. So he doesn't trust women anymore. And as just, one does, <laughs> when someone cheats on you, so he decides. Well, I'm gonna just have a new virgin every night, and then I'm gonna kill him. 
Oh my god. And he does this for three years. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> this is the this is the start of the of the thousand and one nights. This is excessive. So Sorry. his advisor, the vizier, he's like, Where's my next lady? Line them up, bring her in. Yeah, there's nobody. There's hardly like nobody cattle, left. Like it's like actually a cattle drive. Like it's yeah. just like you're sending the next cow to be murdered. Basically, <laughs> like it's just a con. Like soon she yeah. will be murdered. <laughs> and there's no eligible women left except for the vizier's <laughs> daughters. It's like they're not tissues. <laughs> but this is the culture in the time of the ninth century. My God, everybody dying. So. The vizier's like, well, I can't. I'm not going to give up my daughters. <laughs> They're the only ones left, though. But luckily, his daughters are very well-educated. They know a lot of stuff, very well-versed in culture and philosophy and science and history and all the different things that you would mm-hmm. get being the daughter of this guide to the kingdom. So she says, I'll do it. The The daughter's name that is first to go is Shahrazad. And her whole thing is, she says, well, we're going to get in the room and I'm going to ask if I can speak to my sister before you kill me kind of thing. So then I'm going to call the sister over and she's going to she's going to say she wants to hear a story. Um, and the king will be intrigued and agree just one story before we go to bed kind of thing okay. until the morning. And then in the morning she gets killed, right? <laughs> so Shahrazad calls her sister in and says, hey, I'm going to tell a story. And the king says, cool. And then... The whole night goes by. She's telling this story. It ends on a cliffhanger. And the king says, well, I want to know. You can stay alive for another day, but we got to finish this story tomorrow night. She oh. continues the story, ends on a cliffhanger. He says, well, uh-huh. and so on and so forth. Hence, the thousand and one nights. He stays listening to her tell these stories until he realizes women are not bad, pardons her. <laughs> And goes about his his day understanding humanity and the betterment of all things through all of these stories and the three years that she's there telling them. Um, so six years altogether. So three of, years of murdering women and three years of listening to these stories to yeah. her, and then he kind of got it. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, so a big so. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, well, I guess they're not all bad. <laughs> you um, can. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> So that yeah, <laughs> so that's the framing device for why, which I think is neat yeah. to have that as opposed that's to just cool. being like yeah. here's here's a bunch of stories. Misconception: It's not a thousand and one stories. It's a thousand and one nights that she's telling the stories. Right. So sometimes the she's stories trying to, she's trying to get to tomorrow, and she's trying. And so the the premise of it is she's trying to keep him interested and keep the thing going. <laughs> yes. So for a lot of it. The way that it works is there's stories nested within stories. So there'll be a story mm-hmm. about the king doing something and then he'll seek wisdom from his advisor and the advisor will say, well, let me tell you a, a story about whatever. And then he'll go on that story. And in the story about the farmer and the whatever, the farmer is telling the, a story. The to first his... lost. Yeah. So it's just the inception <laughs> of story inside story. I looked it up and there, I think sometimes it goes Do you five. you think somebody's st- holding James, J.J. Uh, <laughs> Abrams captive? Just like, and if you don't create some absurd <laughs> twist with this right now, we're gonna get, we're gonna go, we ran this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope he, I hope that's just been his driving force the last 20 years. <laughs> it's like, they're gonna kill me. We will talk about at the end some influences that people might know that that is based off of. Oh, yeah. So stick around for that. Mm. Um, but there's like five or seven layers I couldn't figure out exactly what, that's how deep some of these stories go. Deep. 
and they may take place over multiple nights as opposed to being a thousand and one stories. Common misconception. So there, yeah, don't be fooled. No, no, no. Don't be fooled. Depending on the translation and who's doing what, there could be 200 plus stories in this thing. It's 16 volumes. The version that I picked up, which is a translation by Sir Richard Francis Burton, which came out in 1885, hmm. just because that was the one that I could find yeah. about Aladdin and his wonderful lamp which is one of the stories that she tells in the middle of these volumes. The original translation that first got translated to European audiences was in 1704. This French guy, Galland, did a translation. The thing is, and this is strange to realize, is the the classic stories that we as Westerners know, Mm -hmm. such as Aladdin, and Alibaba and the mm-hmm. Forty Thieves and Sinbad the Sailor. Ooh. These three main ones were not in any of the previous discoverings of the Persian texts and whatnot. So most people assume he made them up. <laughs> so like the ones that we know to be... Because fanfic in there, yeah. slipping it in. <laughs> the classic stories of the Thousand and One Nights and are not actually... Wow. Yeah, some European guy made How up. How Hollywood. <laughs> How 1704 <laughs> Hollywood for him to just come up with them on his own. Look at that. We thought we were clever. <laughs> and we're not. No, they've been ahead of this. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Aladdin uh, from that version. Although... Fascinating. There was, yeah, the, the most recent one that was a retranslation based on the same texts that this Burton guy did came out in 2008. So if you wanted to read... It's a new translation? Right. Oh, a fresh translation? Yeah, the most recent one is 2008. Mm. So... That's interesting. But I couldn't get that one. So, and I wanted to see Under the, lock and I, key, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to see the classic one because they said the Burton one has way more. He was just obsessed with the sexuality of it, so there's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be interesting just to look at all the all the translations and just to, she could just see what people are into and thinking. About. <laughs> yeah, he really ups the the sexual content <laughs> and glorifies it and whatnot. So I was like, "All right, Burton, <laughs> let me." Uh, you can tone it down a little bit. So I'm going to jump into the plot, and we can see how it's different and where some things they pulled from, and then later on, other movies that they made based on The Arabian Nights and The cool. Thousand and One Nights, other elements that they pulled from for the Disney film. So I'm, I'm giddy. Here we go. It's called Aladdin or The Wonderful Lamp. Either one. <laughs> Just as important. The name doesn't matter. It starts out, and this proves how unknown the European translators are. It says he's from China. Which they just uh, combine everything that isn't Europe into, into hot one out thing. of the gate. <laughs> China. <laughs> it's somewhere over there. Fantastical, mystical. Yeah, over there. Because there's a lot of mention to Arabic and Arabian sensibilities, yeah. and their Muslim and like all these things that is definitely not mm, in China. Well, <laughs> there might be uh, different flavors over there, but yeah, you know, same thing. Aladdin starts out as kind of a jerk. His dad is a tailor. Not me. Uh. His dad <laughs> is me. His dad is a tailor, and he doesn't want to be a part of the family business. They describe him as a ne'er-do-well and a scapegrace, which I didn't know what a scapegrace was. What is that? What is it? Tell it, me what a scapegrace so is. So it literally means escapes grace. Oh, wow. That's like the his, most direct. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to use that from now on. That old scapegrace. scapegrace. But that's the old 1800s translation that I'm reading. It's my lot in life. <laughs> is to be a scapegrace. <laughs> his father dies classic from, you know, from pain and sadness of the way that his family is going out. Ooh. 
And then his mother is now a widow and has to become a cotton spinster. And there's Aladdin still being a scapegrace, you know, gallivanting about. There's a stranger magician in the land that sees him. Is he him. hitting up the ladies? How, how is he gallivanting? He's 15. Okay. No, he's just, okay. he's just so gallivanting he's running about. And, you know, he's flying kites through the street and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and just being a goofball. Cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Not taking responsibility for anything. Gotcha. Not help. Like, his mom is working all the time at home. He should take up the family business. Yeah, he Considering could, yeah. your father died because you're such a doof. <laughs> But he doesn't. But this stranger who's a magician... What an idiot! <laughs> ...sees him and says, who are you? And it says, oh my god, it's my long-lost nephew. I've known all along. And he's like, I don't know about a lost uncle. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a lost uncle. So he meets them at home. I, I promise. He's like, what are you going to do, Aladdin? Get your act together. So he says he'll help him become a merchant. So he gets him clothes. They goof around the town. They visit other merchants. Aladdin realizes, oh, I can do this. And he's, of course... You know, mm-hmm. doe-eyed about all the glory of being this merchant. It was funny because, so right here at the start, it's almost like as the reader, you don't have to necessarily keep the story going because I'm not the girl who's trying to stay alive for a thousand and one nights. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they, I feel like they pad the story for that sake. Because they just spend a whole bunch of time talking about all the things he's doing as a merchant, which doesn't really have any <laughs> consequence to the story. But I can imagine being the king and being like, all right, let's wrap uh-huh, it up. Like, what? I got to kill you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. She she sells wooden trinkets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that keeps coming up throughout the thing. And it's like, I just skipped over those parts because I'm like, I don't need all of this stuff. So... How do you just feel the desperation in the text? <laughs> just like, just one more minute. Yeah. It's like when you're trying to write an essay and you say, like, from which the place of which I came. Instead of... <laughs> it's madness. It happens even within Aladdin. So now this merchant is uh, got Aladdin. They go out past the city and he's saying, oh, I found this. He does some incantation and this marble slab appears on, on the on the earth into this cave. Been there. Classic. <laughs> Been there, done that. Next. So he says, well, we got to go in there and open it up. And the he's like, well, Aladdin's like, well, open it. And he's like, I can't open it. You got to say your name and then it'll open. <laughs> Magic. So then he says his name. It opens under nothing, no no problem whatsoever. He flips it open. And the, and the magician says, now you got to go past these halls. You can't touch these four golden things. You got to go through the garden. Don't pick any of the jewels. And don't touch it. Climb up this ladder, don't touch any of the stuff, grab the lamp at the top of this ladder, bring it back. Once you've touched the lamp, you can collect the jewels and stuff, but come back here and bring it to me, and then we can get all the fame and fortune and everything that's in this magical cavern. Mm. Aladdin's like, cool, sounds good. (laughs) He grabs the jewels first, but nothing happens, and then grabs the lamp, comes back, grabs more jewels, Uh... is is climbing up the stairs to him. And this is definitely, I, I imagined it from uh, the the Disney one where he's like, the lamp, just give me the lamp. <laughs> Aladdin's like, I can't, it's at the bottom of my pockets. There's all these jewels and stuff. Good Genuinely, Lord. it says in the in the book, he's not trying to fool the magician. He's just trying, he can't, he literally can't fit his hand into <laughs> his pockets to give him the lamp. The magician gets pissed off, locks him in, does the incantations, covers it all up, traps him in there. Oh. Aladdin's like, oh, maybe he wasn't my uncle. <laughs> He's a sorcerer. He's just trapped it down there. And for whatever reason, the the magic of the universe realized that only Aladdin, the pauper of a tailor's son, whatever, is the only person who can open this thing. But now he's trapped. And he's down there for three days and doesn't 
Uh, That's an Elton John lyric. <laughs> Popper, poor, poor man. Oh man, now I can't think. It's in Levon. You, you guys out there, you'll know. Uh, Popper to a pawn on a Christmas day. I'm sorry. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Say that again. Continue. So he's got this ring that the that the magician gave him, and in his weeping and wailing and sadness, rubs it. And then a genie pops out of the ring. Oh, yeah. And says... As naturally. Yeah. <laughs> and Aladdin's like, oh my god, a genie. <laughs> and the genie says, well, you can you can wish for anything. And he says, well, I wish to be out of this cave. Oh my god, Robin Williams? <laughs> Not yet. In this is the genie body. from the no, ring. I, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I just imagined full-bodied Robin Williams coming out. <laughs> mystical, mystically coming out of a lamp. But this isn't the lamp yet. This Cut is the ring. That. Oh, There's, two, the there's ring. more Sorry. than one genie. Cut all that out. <laughs> Come on, Evan. There's more than one genie. This is the ring genie. Sorry, we get sorry, our... got you. No, it's fine. We got to get our genies straight here. So the ring genie <laughs> pops out and he says, "I'll do anything for you." Now this is a lesser genie, which we'll find out later. He can't mm. do everything. Oh, okay. So he just gotcha. says, "He just says I want to get out of this cave." Poof, he's out of the cave. So then, now he's got this. Now the genie then goes back into the ring. Whatever. He comes back, and the mom's like, "What in the world happened? You were gone." So then he tells his mom the whole tale of everything that happened. Oh my god! So we skip right on over that. <laughs> And biding her time, biding her time, <laughs> really <laughs> reaching until she can come up with another plot point here. <laughs> so then the mom's like, oh, well, uh, what else did you get? And he's like, well, I got all these gems. Awesome. And I got this lamp. And uh, she says, well, we're going to sell this lamp for sure. <laughs> so then it's dirty. So she rubs it. And then this giant Robin Williams genie comes out but of the hey, lamp. Yeah. <laughs> And they're just starving because he hasn't eaten in three days Ugh. and she hasn't, you know, she's, they're poor. So they're like, he's like, well, I'll grant your wishes. What do you want? And they're like, well, let's get some food. And so then it's Sounds just good. these platters and trays of gold of food and whatever. So they eat that for a week. Keep the lamp okay. secret. That just sparked something in me because I just, I'm imagining if I was poor and hadn't eaten in three days and then suddenly I could just have platters of food at, at a whim You'd like you don't need much more than that to feel like the richest man, you exactly. know, like the 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 most fortunate person on the face of the planet yeah. to go from zero to a sixty like that. Well, and then this is even even going <laughs> That'd off. That'd be of that. pretty amazing. Like it reminds me of like in Jurassic Park when they come back from from the park, the kids get back to the to the main port, and there's just the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they've been through hell, and you can see like they're just like dirty and gross and bleeding, and there's just like ice cream. Jello, yeah, <laughs> so it's endless. In and this sparked So no, it. exactly. So you're on the right track. It continues with this. So they keep the lamp secret. They eat all the food, and they're like, "Well, now what are we going to do?" So they go into town to sell the platters, as opposed to like rubbing the lamp again and, and getting it, more yeah. wishes or whatever. They're like, "Well, we got to make some money. We can't just like they thought be practical." A, thought it was a one and done thing. So he goes to sell the platters. There's this shrewd merchant, and the merchant's like, "Well, how much you want for this?" And Aladdin's like, "Well, how much is it worth?" And he's like, oh, this crafty, you know, mm -hmm. you know, a bargainer. But Aladdin just doesn't know anything. So then uh, he says, oh, it's worth one gold piece. For this, uh, one credit. <laughs> yeah. And Aladdin's like, oh, sounds good. And then the merchant is like, no, actually, I meant one copper piece. I'm sorry. I got the <laughs> wrong thing. Aladdin's like, no, we'll take one gold piece. And so he then, you know, sells all the platters for a week to make the money. And then there's no platters left. 
this guy who's seen him with these platters, another merchant, is yeah. like, "Come over here. Let me let me see these platters." Yeah. What are you doing? So then he's what, like, what's "Who have you been? Here? Yeah, who have you been selling this to?" And then here's when a racist part comes in. Spoiler alert! Here's the racist. Part. <laughs> the merchant is like, "Oh, you were selling it to the Jewish merchant over there. These are actually worth seventy gold pieces." Uh. And uh, so then he starts selling it to the other guy. No, just skip right. Let me just skip right over that part. Skip right next. <laughs> you know what? Stereo- and then he starts selling to somebody else for no reason at all. Yeah. <laughs> now the merchant's like, "Wait, we got to We got to close up shop." And Aladdin's like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, the Sultan's daughter is coming into town, and nobody can look at her, and she's too beautiful, and she wants to just walk around the city, clear the streets." I'm just imagining whose job it is to run up on people on the street or just like throwing blankets over people. <laughs> Don't look at her. <laughs> well, they just no! say, "Jack, get out of here!" The so they clear out. Aladdin hides behind something. So Her- he doesn't get tackled. <laughs> her veil comes off. He does not get tackled, and he sees her beauty. Or he, or he said, "Yeah, he says, oh my goodness, it's the, it's the princess." It says in this, which is not weird, I guess, because I read through the footnotes, is that he thought all women resembled his mother, because he's because Strange, they have the veils yeah. and they're covering their face. Freudian weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked in the footnotes, and it's like, well, I guess. Maybe it was weird, Barton's weird translation thing or whatever. But if you had, or he's just stupid and doesn't know the cultural things. But he's mm-hmm. assuming that every woman, and maybe this is the case, I don't know, has a veil covering their face. And so the only woman's face that he saw oh, okay. before maybe, being yeah. fifteen was his mother. Interesting, yeah. So now she's like, "Oh well, we gotta, we gotta." He well, he wants to marry her, and she's like, "How how in the world are you gonna oh, marry right in this okay this princess?" And then he's like, "Well, we got all these jewels again, not even using the genie yeah. for anything." He's like, look at all these jewels we Can got. Can we use a genie to manipulate human thought any way you want? <laughs> nope. Uh, make her love me. Can't do it. <laughs> Not in this story. So the mother then brings... Bet, and we shouldn't, you know? You know, that's why Disney put it in there. Exactly. But it, the mom brings the jewels to the king, and he's like, oh, this is, this. you know, we got to get this locked mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. marry whoever mm-hmm. this is. But the, the vizier has a son... And so they're being secretive shady. And so then the king agrees, like, well, I promise, but, like, let's give it three months and let's see what happens. And she's like, that shady vizier said something to him. She goes back into the town. You know, time passes for a little bit. And then, oh, there's all this celebration. The vizier's son is going to marry the the princess. And she's like, well, then that son of a gun, my promise, you know. And then Aladdin is like, well, how do you know that is what happened? And then she tells Aladdin the whole tale about oh, how she went to the no, thing with the jewels. Always give him that part. <laughs> so then Aladdin's like, well, now I got to use this genie for some shady purposes because I'm, I'm screwed. I'm trapped. So I'm picturing he says, this king sitting when we get to these like portions to just recount things that we've already been told. It's like he's like the first generation frustrated cable viewer of just like, I, I know the backstory of this. I don't want to go through their point of view on it. I want to get to the main part. Yeah. Previously on Aladdin. <laughs> so now we've got the genie, Robin Williams, coming in. And he wishes, since it's the marriage night, he wishes... And here comes some of Barton's sexual stuff. He wishes for them to oh, be boy. removed from their bed. So then Homegirl goes to Aladdin's bed in his creepy house yep. out in the suburbs. And then the prince or the soon-to-be new sultan, he wishes for him to get locked in the bathroom. And Wishes for Aladdin to get locked in? No, he wishes for... So the, 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 the prince... And the princess yeah. are on their wedding night yeah. trying to consummate their love. And he wishes for both of them to get transported away from there. Oh. And the princess goes into bed with Aladdin. And the prince 
gets locked up in a in a creepy bathroom. Oh. So she spends the night with Aladdin? <laughs> Terrified though. Interesting. Aladdin doesn't do anything. No, like she she's like she does she's like freaked out. Gotcha. She's like, "Oh, I just got transported to this weird place and there's this guy in bed with me." Wow. That's not the prince. That would be pretty jarring. And then the the genie it says blows. Think she didn't just go with it. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get straight. I was just like, wait, hold on. No, How does she feel all, about this? No, they're all freaked out. No, they're like, what in the world's going Thank on? God. And it says purposefully, Aladdin doesn't do anything with her. Just wants to like freak out the prince. But the genie blows. It says out loud right here, Aladdin doesn't have the ball. <laughs> the genie blows a cold blast on the prince to shrivel him. It says. The prince is freaked out because he's in this creepy place. He doesn't know he's in Aladdin's bathroom for whatever reason. Get these people out of Aladdin's house. <laughs> so then the morning comes. Aladdin says, poof, and then they go Who back to the place. Where am I? Uh, <laughs> is that my husband in your bathroom? <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what happened. Who are you people? Uh, uh. <laughs> and then in the morning, poof, they're back. God. Um, and then the sultan comes in. And she doesn't want to say what's going on, and he's embarrassed because his manhood is shriveled, and it looks like a disaster. The whole what night's, a mess. The whole night's been a disaster. So then the queen comes in, and the prince leaves, and, and the daughter is able, the princess is able to explain to the queen what's going on, and she tells her the whole tale of everything that happened. <laughs> The next night Fast they forward do that trash. <laughs> the next night they try to consummate their love again. Aladdin does the exact same thing <laughs> again. This time the Sultan comes well, in. Well, that didn't work great last time, but maybe this time I don't know. Maybe we could pull it together, guys. I don't know. Oh, oh, it's just as weird. That comes back again. Again, the Sultan comes in and he's like, oh, "Look, something's going on two nights in a row. You gotta explain to me what's going on." So then she tells him the past two nights everything that's happened. You'll never believe this. <laughs> <laughs> so now the sultan is like, we're not going to play around with this mess. The prince is cursed. Something's going on here. Doesn't trust his vizier. Calls it off. Now it's three months. Mm. The mom comes back in, says, hey, you promised. The sultan's like, well, we got, we're going to demand. We can't have it. Something's going on here. <laughs> we're going to demand a huge wealth flex. Like, not only is he going to give mm. us more jewels, but he's got to have some handmaidens. Mm. And he's got to have some slaves. Ooh. And he's got to have, like, how can he? He doesn't have all that stuff. <laughs> of course. Genie rubbing the lamp. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Give me all Coming that in stuff. Hot. It reminded me of the Disney version where he's right. got all the elephants and the Prince Ali, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he comes in with that. They're like tight. They marry, he wishes for an incredible home, the genie makes it even bigger than the sultan's palace. There's a, there's a lot of scenes where he's proving all this magical business and how cool he is, and the, the sultan tries to break a window, and then it gets fixed immediately, and just kind of padding the story, I felt like, of like, look at all this all magical right, stuff yeah, I can yeah. do. The magic. The magic. When so now... The first time it had ever been commit committed to the written <laughs> word. <laughs> so now it's so like, yeah, but why? <laughs> Yeah, but what's the but but what does that mean? Pushing up your glasses. This is very unrealistic. <laughs> but I just don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> and a sniff in always. Uh, so, but now that all this magic is going on, who comes back in? But the magician who now hears about all this magic. Oh, what no. in the world? All this magic going on. Oh, magic. <laughs> hey, this, somebody. What's all this magic doing? Who doing magic over here? Hey, so, I, 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 I can do some magic. So and then he realizes, oh my god, it's Aladdin. He's got the lamp. <laughs> What in the world? So he finds out that the, the lad, Aladdin doesn't have the lamp. It's not on his person mm. using his magical conjurings and realizes that it's just in the house. So 
he pretends to be, and, and this magician has moved to Africa. He's far away. So he comes back to Arabia, China, whatever <laughs> want, whatever he, they want it to be. We're really hot on the details here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, pretends to be this lamp salesman <laughs> who's like, I'm trading out new lamps, casual, for, old, totally new lamps for old lamps, new lamps for old <laughs> lamps. And the princess is like, we've got an old lamp. Oh, weird. We have a lamp. <laughs> yeah. Switches it out, gets a new one. He gets the old lamp, rubs it. Genie comes out. He's like, we're taking y'all back to Africa. So he goes, poof, takes the whole, because now this is the very powerful genie. <laughs> Batmans them to Africa. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so he takes the whole palace, gone in an instant with the princess. Aladdin is off goofing around doing something else. Now he comes back and says, what in the world's going on? My whole palace is gone. The Sultan's like, we got to get it back. Aladdin, luckily, still has his little ring on with the ring genie. And so he says, ring genie, ring genie, get everything back. And the ring genie's like, I'm not powerful enough. I can't do that. I can transport you to Africa. So he says, sounds good. <laughs> it's like, Here we sound, go. Well, well, we can get you a one-way flight into Dallas, but you'll yeah. have to connect in Chicago. <laughs> you can't get first class, though. Come on, I'm a ring genie. What do you think? So then he's there. He is able to hook up with the princess you know, call to her from the window mm. and uh, is like, hey, here's the plan. You pretend you like the magician, which is uh, synonymous with the Aladdin Disney story. It's like, oh, this is the vizier taking her. And she's mm -hmm. like, actually, I love you, Jafar. Right. That's kind of like what's right. happening right. here. So then he gives her some poison. Aladdin gives the princess some poison and says, pretend you like him, seduce him, whatever, and then put this in his cup and then he'll drink it and then he'll die. Okay. I just never understood in the in the cartoon, why can't Jafar just go and get this stuff himself? If it's all, he's always sending people because into the Because Aladdin cave. is the chosen one. Yeah, but it doesn't, like, there's all these rules they break of just like only the chosen one can enter. But like, he takes that monkey with him. So the monkey doesn't count or do animals count or not? And that's just like one. <laughs> <laughs> just like, well, listen, you're not a 9th century Persian person. So. But, and like he sends somebody before before Aladdin and they totally screw it up. So it's not so I don't know. Yeah, because I they weren't so, the chosen person. Right. But you got to be the chosen person. You have to be the chosen. You have to be the chosen person. And that's what I said but at the beginning of the year. Aladdin opens the cave because he's a chosen person. You just got to accept. Some people are the chosen people and some people are not. I'm just saying, I felt like the logic in the Disney film. I don't know about this, but then the Disney film seemed a little flimsy. <laughs> well, this one is too. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> Aladdin's the chosen person. Deal with it. So they kill the magician. Stabs him in the chest. <laughs> they, they, they get the lamp back. He's like, is well. Is that magic? <laughs> <laughs> I loved magic. <laughs> and then it betrayed me. Now he's like, genie of the lamp. Fly us all back to China. <laughs> they all fly back to China. <laughs> the Sultan is like, oh my God, what happened? The princess tells him the whole tale of everything that happens. <laughs> now, this is the final little, you know, post-like climax. It's like when you think Jaws is dead, actually right, yeah. he's not. The magician's brother hears about this, wants revenge. Uh... They call him the Necromancer, which is just a fancy name for another magician. <laughs> the Necromancer? Yeah. <laughs> Or that's his his uh, translation. <laughs> I'm sure it's some other what actual. a title, the necromancer. So that's what he's called. So then he goes over to where Aladdin's village is and his domain, and there's this healing woman, this divine woman who's able to heal people and whatever. So he goes to where she lives in a cave, steals her identity, is like I'm gonna pretend to be you, and then gets her clothes and covers up his hairy face and then kills her. And goes up to the princess and her palace, no? fooled once about lamp salesmen, fooled again, and is like, oh, can I stay here 
and can I heal you and, and all this other stuff? And she's like, sounds good. You're the healing woman. Fool me twice. So she Can't goes up. fooled again. The healing woman says, you know what would be great for this area of the palace and would really help with all your ailments is a rook egg, which is this giant mythical bird in that okay. mythology. Okay. So then the princess is like, oh, easy. Say no more. So she rubs the lamp and is like, yo, genie, get mm. us this rook egg straight up. It's explained that this mythical bird is the master of the genies. So it's like a huge affront to steal an egg and put it in, in oh, your house. yeah, okay. Of course, the genie has to explain all of that to, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> to the princess oh, <laughs> about, well, this is the rook egg and this is what goes on and this is, it's my master. And um, and he says, oh, well, that, that whole uh, uh, healing woman, that was actually the magician's brother. So Aladdin pretends he needs healing. The uh, healing woman who's actually mm -hmm. the necromancer comes up. Aladdin sees him reaching for the knife. Aladdin knows this, already reaching for his knife, stabs him. Uh. Aladdin's like, what, what, what's going on? And then the princess tells him the whole tale <laughs> about what goes on. Then the sultan pops in and is like, hey, what's going on? And then they tell him the whole tale <laughs> of never what's guess. going on. <laughs> and then Aladdin becomes the sultan and they live happily ever after. And that's the story. And then, at the end of it, when he becomes a sultan and lives happily ever after, she's like, and let me tell you another story oh, from this area. D is there anything in the in the uh, the flashbacks that help, like, point to characters' point of view of how they might remember a certain thing differently? Not really. No? It's all no. literally just things. <laughs> right. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not like 70 pages. Sometimes it's only a paragraph sure, or two, but yeah. I'm like, well, I don't need to, I, I remember what happened. <laughs> Um, it's like, it could be interesting if they're trying to say something right. about just like, and this is how people embellish or, you know, kind of like tell side truths or, you know, like, and they try to frame it the right. best, you know, all that stuff. But if and it's maybe really just like... in different translations and different mm -hmm. things like that, there's some other... That'd be fascinating. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that happen, like you said, different side angles or side narratives mm -hmm. or things like that. This collection of stories is pivotal in introducing a lot of narrative devices and or at least is the first instance of certain things mm -hmm. the ending on the cliffhangers was a big deal as it sounds like it that sounds like one of the biggest one of the biggest takeaways from it yeah and so our How smart <laughs> gotta stay alive <laughs> our definition of what constitutes a cliffhanger is much more narrow than it was because ain't nobody been doing this before. when your life is on the line <laughs> you make them want more <laughs> so some of the stuff uh, so you, a lot of times it's cut off with the hero in danger or some other kind of trouble, mm -hmm. and that's where she stops her narration. Sometimes she'll do it in the middle of an exposition of abstract philosophical principles, and then the king wants to know more about what she thinks about that. Right. Or it'll be a complex thing about Islamic philosophy, and he'll want to know oh, more. Okay. And so it's not always just from the okay. storytelling okay. perspective. In one instance, it was a detailed description of human anatomy, so science. And oh. he's like, ooh, I want to know more about that. Oh, okay. But no matter what in any of the things, it's the king's curiosity that will buy her another day of her life. And it always ends with her being saved, each of the translations. Sometimes she asks for a pardon. It's like subliminal messaging. It's like, don't kill the girl. Don't kill the girl. Don't kill the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Takes that She's long. just like been slowly putting that in his head. 
<laughs> over and over again. It's like, and they don't kill the girl. <laughs> <laughs> In every story. So, oh, weird. Okay, they don't kill the girl. So, I know, weird, right? <laughs> How about that? Some other things that, that pop in here as far as the narrative influences, foreshadowing, early examples of foreshadowing, mm. where you put something oh, okay. in. I felt like the the ring genie is like you forget about him and then, yeah. oh no, everything's gone. Well, we still got the ring genie. And that's why we had that earlier. Yeah. There are very close similarities to different Cinderella type stories, a young sister confronted by two jealous older sisters about whatever may be the case. There's also a brother variation of that with a tragic ending, oh, ending that happens. Now in that sounds interesting. There's I'm some about it. There's some stories that have unreliable narrators, oh. which is very suspect. There's also one story called The Adventures of Bulukia, which this character travels across the cosmos to different worlds, which you could consider like galactic oh. science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also the first earliest surviving element of literature to mention ghouls or zombies. Oh, really? So this has the first zombie story in it. It's called The History of Garib and His Brother Agib, in which Garib, an outcast prince, fights off a family of ghouls and then enslaves them and then converts them to Islam. And then the last little thing that's similar is we talked about at the very, very beginning how uh, you were saying J.J. Abrams is held captive <laughs> I hope, and forced I to write. Stephen King references this in his novel Misery, about a protagonist who's forced to write a novel to keep his captor from torturing him. Mm. If you ever read that or seen that movie. No, that's fascinating. He's taken off of this. You want to go into the, the Disney stuff a little bit? The Disney stuff, I mean, it's the kid, It's the kid's version of, of, of it. It's All the iconography is there, but it doesn't feel... Like it's very, it's very loose. Like, it, it, eh. well, so the the there was a 1924 silent film version that is called Aladdin, and that has this secondary character called Abu, who is a thief, and a genie grants him three wishes, and there's a flying carpet. That kind of stuff is okay. in there. Yeah. And then there was a 1940 film called The Thief of Baghdad, which won the Academy Awards for cinematography, production design, and special effects. My God, and that has. A Jafar character who convinces not Aladdin but Ahmad to be uh, who is the Sultan to pretend to be a peasant and then throws him in jail and there's a bunch of stuff that goes on that has nothing to do with anything mm -hmm. but those kind of elements Disney took from more from those movies which were from this and cobbled it together but in the Disney version so it was April of 91 in Disney lore it's called Black Friday because it was just off the rails and horrible and they had written music and they had all this stuff and they they demanded a total rewrite even the mo even though the movie was supposed to come out next november oh like it takes a long time yeah, to animate that stuff. is no joke and there was notes where it's like there was the mom character they were like cut the mom they had they made abu into a monkey they gave oh. the princess a tiger sidekick there was all this stuff that they added after that black friday because they were trying to pull from these other I do have a, per a little tiny bit of personal connection yeah. to this. So I was working at uh, Disney Studios. I was walking through the old uh, animation building and I went and then I subsequently brought people to see this uh, when they would come and visit. But uh, on the walls of the old animation building, they have uh, tons of conceptual artwork and character design and like they're, they're really trying to show and it's from their big movies. Mm -hmm. And so they have this conceptual art piece of the genie, but the genie is like 
grotesque. It's green. So right off the bat, it is a totally different feel than the, the milky blue that mm -hmm. they ended up with. This is like a dirty green. He has black hair and like a goatee. He's like really like detailed fat like he's yeah. like oh like spilling over and he looks kind of <laughs> oafy and his face looks insecure and he's kind of like curling in a finger towards his mouth like mm -hmm. oh i don't mm, i don't know and he just like looks really disgusting and yeah and so i'm like so they were at that point at some point mm -hmm. like trying to figure this out and then seeing what what it ended up with it was, it's it's fascinating to to see like how and how the vision is shifted and changed by voices in the room. It almost also fits in directly with the whole concept of the book, which is that it was cobbled together by all of these different stories and how they changed over centuries of time right. to different things and were adapted by different people and the retranslations changed things and they pulled from the movies and from the original story and took things and removed things. And it's just this whole, I don't know, it might also be a little bit culturally insensitive yeah. in some ways, yeah. which, which the, the the original animated film got criticized for as right. well. Right, and I'm but wondering like, how this new film will do oh, on, we're just, on that basis. Yeah, the mystery and magic of the Far East. Right. You know, it's like, well, there are people that it's actually accessible and you could just communicate with the humans in this world. Yeah, and people actually lived there and like, yeah. <laughs> maybe they have some take on... I have something to say about it. <laughs> right. I will say just as my last little reference to other material which I don't know how familiar you are with superheroes, but I didn't think about this at all, and then it threw me for a loop. Uh, Green Lantern. Now that you know the original story, so he has a lamp, mm. which is his big superpower, yeah. and then his ring, which also is what powers the other thing. Those cheating men. <laughs> <laughs> there they go. So he's, the, he's Aladdin. DC always clamoring. <laughs> there they go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's fascinating never thought about that before yeah. but that that's pretty spot on that wow that's cool yeah poor ryan reynolds <laughs> stuck stuck inside that pikachu body now forever i, I thought it should have been danny devito but <laughs> yeah hey kid <laughs> so thoughts i'd love to hear you touch on the the through line here between all these different iterations because there's all there's these um different translations, different mediums, different movies. Now there's a new movie. There's a movie that everybody knows, but, and it's loose in some areas, but then there are some things that definitely do carry on. But what do you see as like the main thing, like the big through line here for this story yeah. through across all mediums? So what has now become an archetypical storyline that this created and follows through through all of them is the rags to riches yeah. story. Starts out bad, stupid, scapegrace <laughs> at the beginning and ends up successful, the Sultan. Um, but yeah, that's that's really what I think the strange part of it all is the fact that Aladdin was probably most certainly designed by a European Frenchman in the 1700s. Right. And that's what people know, the Thousand and One Nights. But there are other rags to riches stories in A Thousand and One Nights that are not this one. So it's not like he invented that format. For some reason, Slubnog Millionaire is now coming to mind of being like another recent rags to riches stories, in, I guess, in, in, in China. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we'll just call it all China. Uh, um, now I'm wondering if there's any influence there. Probably. Yeah. 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 That's just, yeah, to, to answer your question, that is what 
carries over and is the legacy of this story and this those series of stories. There's all those little tidbits, but that narrative of somebody starting here in the low place and ascending and then having troubles and trials and tribulations along the way, but in the end, and because in the olden days, if you were wealthy, you were happy, well, you know. And it seems to me that that being the focus makes sense because what I don't sense in the material is a really deep enriching sense of getting a point of view of romantic, you know, coming into yourself as a, you know, like a coming of age. That's also love. a cultural well, I mean, thing too. It was like you right. had time for that. And you it, needed and money. It, and it wouldn't be accurate because he's developed by a Frenchman. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm not sensing that in the material. So I'm going, well, you know, so what is the, the major? Because that's the first and foremost thing is everything's a love story. But <laughs> mm. um, so what else is it? And, and definitely I'm seeing that. But it's interesting that there's not any seeming to be not a whole lot of uh, wisdom to be gained on the romanticism uh angle here it's just no. m just more just like go for it yeah you know and this is what life is and this is how it works and you want the princess and so you go for the princess yeah and you got to tell those stories too and then you got to recount them to somebody else and over and over all over, over again. and over just so everyone is clear and on the same page and we'll take you through it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode all over again oh look Emily's here. Hey, Emily, this is what we just talked about for an hour. <laughs> and you sit here and listen to it. Uh, well, this has been, this has been a fun one, actually. I had a blast. It's kind of wacky. Yeah. I like reading, I like sometimes not the serious, but just the wacky stories that don't really, they're just fun to read. Yeah, this was, this was a blast. So, uh, announcement for this week. Please some, tell somebody, share, share an episode with somebody, you know, share something interesting you've learned from the show and spread the word. Help us. All right. See you all next week. Catch you next week, players. Mm -hmm.